Hey! Yes. And we're back. Episodio Quattro? Yep. Season today. I had to stop and think because I don't take great notes. But I want you guys to take <laughs> note that we have another exciting show filled with information. This is going to be one of my one favorite of my shows today because it's going to be on. Gracias a todos. Viva Mexico, cabrones. That's right. Viva Mexico, cabrones. In your oh, mouth. Uh, filled with happiness and joy. Okay, so, so many things that we want to talk about. On the last show, which was so informational, we made a point to talk about me <laughs> and talk about my experience of why my pilgrimage to Mexico, going there to Oaxaca, is going to be great. And it is. My children are excited. We got the dual lingo cranking up, which I know Thunder Buddy, a.k.a. Liz Dowling, loves. <laughs> Zach, let's go ahead and give her her proper due. Let's give it up for... Liz Dowling. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I, I cannot start the show without... Giving the queen her due. So, Guru oh, Travel, <laughs> we're going to get into what we talked about offline. You know, I joke a lot, but one thing that is very serious to me and I take in very utmost regard, when we recommend places or we've been places, a word we'll use quite a bit other than alcohol is safety. Safety is priority number one. Um, you know, I have friends that travel alone, whether you travel with family or friends, safety is priority number one. You need to have that as one of your key decision-making factors, honestly, because sometimes the situation may be a lot more hot on the block than you realize, you know, especially talking about Mexico. Liz, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, we were talking about this earlier too that Mexico ends up in the news quite a lot. It always has, but just like with the regular news, it it's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll sell, right? And um, you know, add on top of that murder, <laughs> and you've got a lot of stuff that happens in Mexico regularly. And so while there's a lot of space excuse me, safe places to go. There's also a lot of places that you need to be careful of. And um, I mean, I love Mexico. I'll go there on any trip. I don't have any qualms with going to any part of Mexico. But that's also because over the years, I've learned how to feel safe there and what to do to not have to be as concerned. You know, always have eyes open, ears open, always pay attention to what the locals are telling you is a safer place versus, you know, please don't go down that back alley. It's, you know, known to be a little sketch, stuff like that. But, um, you know, Mexico, it's, it's all over the news now. And now we have social media, all the other platforms, um, just everything is become so much more inundated with information that we can have that is sometimes hard to decipher or filter through. Yeah, well said. Man, it's like you're a podcast host. So I totally agree. What we're going to do now before we get into the, uh, the, the gritty of the nitty, we're going to get into the city. <laughs> I rhymed. We're going to talk about the top 10 <laughs> visited places in Mexico. Thank you, Liz. Glad someone laughed. Because, you know, I think it's interesting and we like to provide some information on our podcast while you guys are listening to my pointless stories. So I think we shall get into it. So um, because we don't want any drama, we just want to get to it. Uh, The number one place is Mexico City. The average hotel price is $80 uh, to $120 per night. Transportation, metro, buses, taxis. Closest airport, Benito Juarez International, Mexico, 
uh, average food price five to fifteen per meal. I mean, it's a it's a major major city. I mean, it's it's there in New York. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll say that it's um it's like fifteen million people that live in Mexico City. It's enormous. Um, that's a lot. I know of people. that's too many people. A lot. That's a lot, right? So I've been in cities that big. Manila was that big. You know it. Um, no, actually, it wasn't. yeah. We're close to it. Manila is huge. It's got a. I mean, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, thank you. What Manila? One point <laughs> seven eight million. What? That's. Thank you on fake what Google. Just came we'll go with that. It's yeah, from the, the the last census that they published was in 2015, though. So it's probably oh. closer to two million. <clears throat> Wow, it feels like a lot more. Because that's nine years ago, eight and a half years ago. Still. Um, lesson learned. Cebu is only uh, 922,000. Wow. Davao is up okay. there. Davao is 1.63 million. Again, See, all that of that's from 2015, so I'd round up a little bit. I would be pressed to say that Manila is over million Cebu is over a million and Davao is probably at or just up on two million. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I agree with those numbers. For our friends in the Philippines that are listening in, first of all, we love you. Second of all, let us know if we're right or wrong. I mean you guys are there. So we, we appreciate it. And yep. hopefully we get a chance to return soon. Man, you talk about a, a place where it's my second home, home away from home. So number two on the list we have is um, Cancun, which we know they'll be getting a lot of traffic and be busy this upcoming spring break. Um, average price there is $100 to $200 per night. Transportation, you know, your n- normal taxi, buses, rental cars, close to the airport, Cancun International, very busy airport and food, 10 to 25. Notice the spike because it is a, a tourist trap. <laughs> yeah, trap yeah. Probably a little harsh on that, but what's your thoughts on Cancun? Just just being honest, because I know for those that don't know, Liz is very much the adventurer. If you haven't, I mean, if you listen to the show, she skips meals, guys, to go on hikes. So she's on another <laughs> level, but we're not quite at. I mean, I love her like a sister, sister from another mister, but she is an intense traveler. So it's always interesting. You just pack some snack, pack yourself a little picnic and go. It's fine. And Cancun, Liz. So that's my question. Well, okay, but Cancun is the kind of place where I would be staying at the resort, and if I did do some activities uh, that were away from the resort, I I would go out of my way to plan them with either a tour company that was recommended to myself or a place that uh, was booking was like contracted through the resort because Cancun's just not the kind of place I want to mess with. It's not, I've no, like I said, I have no problem if somebody wants to invite me to Cancun and everything is perfectly fine, but that's not going to be the place that I rent a car and start. Dri- I will absolutely never drive in Mexico. I will not do it. So That's it's not the kind of the place where I'm just going to go off on random adventures the way that I might, well, do in any other places. You know, I'll get in the car out here in Spain. I'll drive all over Europe. doesn't matter if people aren't speaking the same language as me. That's not really, that's not the, the roadblock here. Uh, pun not intended on that, but there it is. Uh, but it's just, it's, there's safe places in Mexico and there are unsafe places in Mexico. And it's really night and day with where those places go. You can go one block off and you are in cartel territory. You need to stay with trusted areas. So I think, did I lose you? Maybe. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe my internet was being a brat again. It's glitching a little bit, but you know, we're, we're getting through it. <clears throat> But overall, yeah, I uh, I totally I totally agree. You know, I understand where you're coming from because that's the thing. You gotta know what's best for you. What's your best situation? What's your preference? What do you enjoy? You know, in terms of a trip, what are you looking for for the experience that best suits your 
situation, right? So, um, but yeah, Cancun, that's another reason why and we mentioned on the last show they have the, the train Maya in the Yucatan being built for people that have similar mindsets as, as Liz, because even though it is a very much a resort area, Cancun, you know, people do want to go there and get adventure. There's so much adventure to be had in Mexico overall. They have beautiful natural water parks, uh, cenotes, which are uh, huge. Some are huge, but they have different water. Um, it's hard to even describe, really. But basically, <laughs> basically it's <laughs> water um, areas that have been created 65 million years ago when the asteroid hit the Earth and wiped out all the, the Barneys of the world, all the dinosaurs. And uh, limestone water areas were created and they have some that are in caves, some that are, you know, sinking holes. Some are like, you know, big, beautiful pools and they have blue water, different color, green water. It's amazing. Like they're all over the Yucatan, like hundreds of them. Not even all of them are available to the public. In fact, that was some of the feedback and concern from a lot of the natural supporters of the, you know, the wildlife there in Mexico and just worldwide because Eventually, with the weight of the train and they keep on having the train, some of those cenotes, you know, which are caverns and caves could potentially collapse, you know. So, yeah, <clears throat> it's true, you know, um, because there's, you know, the, the friction and just the you're uprooting the earth. You're making so many different changes that, you know, you could potentially lose some. And that's the reason why, because some are delicate and where to position that, you could potentially lose them anyway. That's why they're not available to the public. Because if you go onto a, a map of cenotes, there's hundreds of them in the Yucatan. But actually, as far as access, probably maybe not even a third. So it's the price of, of the, the train, but also the price of, you know, development and, you know, moving forward. So... There you are with uh, Cancun. Guadalajara is number three. Average price, $60, $100 per night. Uh, got the usual bus, taxi, light rail. Oh, they got light rail. So they, they go there. So they're upgrade from the other cities. But I know they have um, they have um, subways in, yeah, they have subways in Mexico City, I believe. So um, well, I guess maybe they're not. The closest airport they have is uh, Guadalajara International. That's one thing I say about all the top 10 cities. They all have their own airport. All of them. Yeah. Or near, near. So that's another thing that I've noticed consistently. And I shared with Liz and offline with other friends in terms of, irregardless of some of the concerns of safety, they've kind of led the way with transportation, um, whether it's just the bus. I know even growing up that people would catch the bus from here to go to Mexico, I mean, things obviously were way different, but um, their bus systems were always been from top Texas, from your yeah. side of Texas, or you from like Houston down to oh, I guess so, Houston yeah, to the border, Mexico, yeah, yeah, all the time. What like, so Rio Grande, mm -hmm, yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> well, I, mean, I didn't say I was like, I wanted to do it, I just knew it was commonplace you know and i wasn't 100 on their routes to be honest but i know it was something that i saw pretty regular and you know from what i understand you know traveling throughout the different states in the country of mexico traveling on the the bus is pretty pretty nice you know they have a real good system they're real nice luxury buses you can be pretty comfortable and they're pretty timely get you to where you need to go you know so that's yeah that's um Good stuff there. So kind of going through the list for the sake of time and beauty of the show. Uh, uh, Puerto Vallarta is number four. Um, and I'll, I'll list the list under the description to make sure. I'll put a hyperlink so you guys can get that information. Tijuana is number five. Playa de Carmen, number six. Um, Meridia, place that I'm actually looking at long term for me and my children, number seven. <clears throat> um, they actually have their own international airport. They're in the Yucatan as well. It's the capital of the Yucatan. Uh, Monterey, number eight. You know, it's probably the, well, not probably. 
It's the closest city in the most frequented city by me. So I'm the city. It's the city I'm the most familiar with. I've been to Monterey a lot because of proximity to the border. Oaxaca. Yeah. Shout out to Oaxaca. We love you. Uh, looking forward to going there in July. And uh, yes. San Miguel de Allende. So I know San Miguel de la Ende is, um, I say it different every time, that uh, they have a huge art deco. Um, it's for people that are really into art. So, you know, real kind of laid back. So it's like Austin? Yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. So a state helps. For those that aren't familiar, which I'm pretty sure everybody's familiar <laughs> Austin has a very. How would you describe it, Liz? Because I'm. A, I don't want to say. I haven't been. Like, I, all I know is the video we made about Austin. That is the extent of my experience in Austin. Was the video that you and I had to make for work. Okay. So let me <laughs> let me try to bring it back to where we can. Get yeah, this, this back one's on track. you. Okay, so with Austin, a lot of people make it seem way more different than it is. Um, saying in terms of. Um, Culturally, for the state of Texas that I'm in, is very uh, cowboy, liberal, you know, very um, black and white, where it's more laid back, more extrovertive, more open-minded, very, um, yeah, different, you know, but in terms of... Well, I mean, their, their uh, phrase is, or their catchphrase is keep Austin weird. So when you said it's, you know, eclectic art, you know, based on the artisan community and stuff like that, that's why it kind of tagged me into that was it was the whole keeping Austin weird thing and like kind of hippie vibe a little bit. Yes, yes. Very much hippie vibe. So that's what you get there with. Um, and bringing her all the way back to our list, that's number 10, San Miguel de la Ende. That's what they're, they're like there. And, um, their closest airport is uh, here, Cherno International Airport. So there you go. But I know a lot of people uh, that live in San Miguel that I'll say a lot of people, but I know a lot of people that are looking to go to San Miguel to retire. It's a lot of people that have, you know, unlike myself, I have money and are, you know, affluent and they're able to, you know, have multiple homes and live great lives have mistresses, you know, adults. So, oh, you know, there you go. Hey, I cut out. Sorry, I cut out for a second. The internet here has been kind of wacky for the past couple of days. So I I cut out on you there for like a minute. Oh, no problem. We'll, we'll probably cut the show short just to get through it because, man, I'm so excited. And I'm um, trying to refrain from starting. <laughs> yeah, this is that. definitely a Sean-centric conversation because of... Uh, because of your upcoming trip. But I also like that you were focusing it on, I mean, it is a, it's a very big place for people to go to for spring break. Right. And I know that was something that you were mentioning like offline a little bit before this is just spring break, which brings up safety concerns, but also your family trip. So, right. yeah, no. And those are all totally valid. And that's exactly why. So you look at the top 10 destinations. Uh, number one is in the Yucatan, uh, Chichian Itzia, Tulum, number two. Um, so, you know, they, they have, but, and you know, it's interesting. Majority of the top destinations are, are ruins. That actually kind of surprises. Yeah. Me. Yes. Well, now what's your thoughts on that? Now I don't, now I know this is, this is Liz's jam guys. She likes, Dude, I love it. Yeah. She loves I, do. I love the Mayan ruins so much. Inca, like just all of, the Aztec culture and all of like all the ruins from that, from those multiple time periods are so incredible. If you get the chance to go to Mexico or Brazil or uh, Belize or like anywhere, Central and South America, it's just covered. Like all of these places have different ruins from you know these hundreds and hundreds of years ago and it doesn't first of all photos just don't do it any justice so there's no real for me there's no internalization when you're trying to learn about this when you're just seeing the pictures even videos like nature 
uh, stuff on TV or National Geographic or something like that. It does not do it justice because the way that the ruins have, you know, like aged, you just can't tell the depth of these things. It's like if that when people talk about Stonehenge and even I have family and friends have said, well, it's just a stupid pile of rocks. And like, that's because you haven't felt the magnitude of being there and really understanding what happened in this area. So you see the ruins, you see Stonehenge, and all you see is what's above ground still, like what's coming out of the grass and the moss and the, you know, like the wild um, flowers and everything else, vegetation just kind of taking over. And that's the way that they want it to be. They want it to be untouched like that in most areas. There's some, you know, there's definitely some places where they, trim everything back and make it just, you know, really presentable and nice and neat and clean cut and all that. But you have to be there to see how it, how it really has this impact of being a part of history of like being able to be in the places where all of these stories happened. Man, I love your passion, but you know, love it. I, I'm also too a fan of the ruins. Like ruin me when you can, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a cute T-shirt for them to sell. Yeah, but uh, as long as they give us the money, okay. So now nah, let them. They need it more than we do. Let them have it. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> we'll take a we'll take a percentage. We'll be like uh, yeah, yeah. We'll Mr. Be- Wonderful from Shark Tank. We'll get a two percent royalty in perpetuity. I'll take that all day long. All right. But here's the thing, guys. That's why you have that that balance, right? We mentioned before about Cancun being um, a tourist destination. I jokingly said trap, but I mean, it is what it is. A lot of people go there, but the prices are, you know, exasperated. They're a lot higher than you pay for other parts of the country. You know, I know for myself, I'm excited to go to Oaxaca and spend time there with my family and pay a lot less for a meal than I would in Cancun, right? You know, or just the overall experience is just going to be a lot less. And that's my jam. But we talk about that balance, too, as far as people that are against the train because of protection of the wildlife and the you know ecosystem there. The argument against that is the more money brought in by the train by increased tourism increase the possibility of maintaining these beautiful ruins and landmarks. For myself, yeah. I'm all about development, advancing, and improving, and definitely when it comes to transportation. But you definitely do have my attention when you talk about taking the time to maintain and preserve these amazing, beautiful ruins. And Liz... Uh, could not have said it better. These are definitely things you need to experience for yourself. I know jokingly, you know, someone um, told me, why do you feel the need to see multiple ruins? I mean, once you've seen one, aren't they all the same? Not at all. In fact, no. And it's the stories that go along with them too, because it's the people that go to the ruins or, you know, my other example is Stonehenge. When people say, well, they're just rocks. It's just, you know, you can't really see that much anyway. That's because you're not listening to the story. You're being very short with your trip and your attention span. And I'll t- I tell my friends that all the time. I'm like, you're just being impatient. You are not taking the time to understand what this place has to give you and to teach you. You need to pick up the pamphlets. These are the places you really should do the audio tour or like have a tour guide or something because they need to tell you the stories of what happened so, like, why are these ruins special? Why aren't they just rocks from something that happened uh, a, a thousand point. years ago? You know, and then when you when you get to hear the stories and you get to listen to the people who live there and why was that community important? Why was that civilization important? You know, how did how does it uh, affect things today? What did we learn from them? All that other stuff. Then you start to imagine how this place was like, I was down in some Mayan ruins and, uh, you know, hadn't heard anything yet. They just said, go explore for a little while and then we'll talk. And, uh, it was the first time that I had seen this particular type of ruin. Um, granted it's also an extremely long time ago. So 
give me a little bit of a break here for everybody else who might just recognize it immediately. But I'm going down and walking all over and thinking to myself, like, this is this looks like a place where people would be watching you. Like you're climbing down into the bottom of these ruins and people seem like they would stand up on the side. It's almost like they're seating on the side. I'm just talking to myself. And somebody walks up to me and they're like, yeah, obviously. I'm like, what do you mean? Obviously. Like it's a soccer stadium. It's their, ver like their version of a soccer game was inside of this area. It looks like a giant um, capital letter I. It's yeah. the long center field with the two, uh, divot, like, I don't know what the proper word is. The two other divots on the side. So that if you look at it from an aerial view, it looks like a capital letter I, well, I'm sitting here like, well, that makes sense, but I didn't know. So I had no idea. And that's just like a small example. I had no idea the cultural significance of this thing until someone started telling me and like, this was a major part of their community was everybody coming together. It was a way that they even worked through arguments between different parts of the community because they would play a soccer game over it. Like they would have a version of a duel in soccer format. Yeah. In these places. And I was like, see, so it's like, you have to take the time to, to understand why it's not just a rock. No, totally agree. And I'll take it a step further. Typically, you know, your own experience is your own and I encourage you to handle the trip as you feel best. But Liz hit a great point. If you go to the ruins and truly want to experience them and not just take selfies, you have to get a tour guide, in my opinion, whether it's an actual individual or it's a, you know, a virtual audio tour, because learning the history and really appreciating what happened there, maybe what kings or queens, what um, changes in the civilization, because maybe, you know, there was some sort of war that took place or some sort of yeah. treaty that was signed or something significant that changed the arc of history. You want to know that. I mean, to me, that's, you get a greater appreciation for I'm standing on something sacred and special. Learn about how many people actually lived in that city, learned the trades they had, learned the things they did, learn how long the city was in power. Those things right. excite me. I, I love that. So I love that the top 10 is nothing but, you know, these amazing times in history, these uh, architectural, you know, feats. But I mean, honestly, I am surprised, though. That's kind of my thing. I was surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm happy. And I definitely encourage those that when they get a chance to partake and check them out. Like Mexico is beautiful. And I would never in a million years wish for anyone to go there and have a bad experience. So when Liz and I talk about violence, there are things there are concerning. So what I want to kind of go through just, you know, quickly for the sake of time, because we are going to probably wrap the show up a little bit sooner because of technical issues is, um, you know, being mindful and we'll include this click and clip in the summary, um, travel advisory. So the travel advisory breaks down from the U.S. State Department, and I'm talking to us gringos, but it affects everyone. I know we have a global audience. We have a lot of followers in the Philippines. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we have a, a growing following um, in Latin America, and we thank you guys a lot for the support. But it's important for you guys to understand because, hey, man, crime is crime. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you being smart and doing your due diligence to be mindful of certain areas. So they have the travel advisory. It breaks down to four different categories. One or blue exercise, normal precautions, you know, just be mindful um, of your area and your surroundings. Two is increased caution. So be very cautious. Don't, you know, carry a lot of money around jewelry. Don't make yourself a target. Three is reconsider. Now, when you, <laughs> you get to reconsider... You to consider on your trip altogether. Now, here's the reason why. When you go to reconsider and you look at the list, the reason why reconsider is because they have a spike in violent crime. Not just crime, yeah. not just pitpocking, you know, not lewd behavior. People are getting kidnapped um, and being uh, killed. Uh, so there's an increase in murders. So when you uh, read the first line, okay, so 
watched countries such as homicide, kidnapping, carjacking, and robbery. So they no, all thank you. About, right. Those are things I don't need in my week, right? <laughs> Especially on my vacation. In your week. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad week. So they that have in Mexico, it breaks things down. It's very unique. Like if you look up any other country, it breaks down the country as a whole. Like they give them an average because uh-huh. of the weakness in the geography of Mexico. Because I keep talking about Oaxaca as a state, because it is, you know, it's a region. I talk about Yucatan yeah. as a state. It's a region because different regions are, you know, pridefully, my sister from another Mr. Liz lives in California. California yeah. thinks this better than Texas. In a lot of ways, it is. But also, when you look in terms of what to expect there, the crime, it's just a different animal. It's the same thing anywhere else in the world. So they go out and they make a point. Because I know people are traveling. I know people have family. They know the unique um, geography when it comes to Mexico and its unique partnership and relationship with America and, you know, Latin America as a whole and just in general, because it does have such a huge following for travel. It breaks things down. So they have. They have seven states. Um, in Mexico that you need to reconsider. Baja, California, um, Chihuahua, Durango, which Durango was a great city, so that's disappointing to see. Um, Guanajuato, Jalisco. Jalisco is where Guadalajara is, to kind of let you know, but they have an increase in you know, uh, kidnapping um, rate. Um, Puerto Vallarta as well. So, Serona and Morales. You know, that just it kind of made me laugh a little bit when I was looking at that the other day you sent it to me, because that means that I grew up going to level threes. Yeah. Well, I mean, does that- my whole life has been Baja, California, Sonora. Uh, I don't think I ever got as far as Chihuahua, just mainly because if I'm up by the, the border, then um, Juarez is up there and I'm not doing that's that needs to be another shade of red that deserves its own little box by itself. Don't go there. Um, well, yeah, and then the only level two I've been to at all was Cancun, but I was there as a port from my crew. It was a cruise port stop. So, you know, we didn't didn't venture very far. Now, this is interesting to me as well. No, those are some great points. And that's interesting that the fact of Baja California, I would say. I feel like that's a two. It's a no. It's a it's a three. No, I know it is, but I I feel like my experiences there, like it kind of dulled that a sense of emergency to me. Like where they're saying level three and level four. Like I don't. Maybe I'm just too comfortable there. I didn't feel like it was a level three. I felt like it was a level two. Okay. No, I mean, hey, and that's perception is reality, and that kept you probably safe. Because if you were sometimes if you can be too pre-consumed with how safe an area is or isn't, you know, you can become anxious and you can overreact or underreact. Kind of like my story of, you know, going through the customs in Japan and my colleague at the time said, Oh, it's not what you think it is. It wasn't the fact that we had dirt with us, you know, the white sand. It was the fact mm-hmm. of my reaction of my former colleague. That's what alarmed them. That's what made them yeah. that's what made them think we were mules. So when you act in a certain way, it can get a reaction that you may not want. So these are places where they said do not travel. So Zatecas, uh, Sinaloa, which you know, Sinaloa cartel, Michicon, Guerrero, um, Colima, and Zampalias state. So, and it's funny, like, not funny, but a lot of those states are right there on the, the coast. The coast on the... Yeah. Right there on the With coast. With one exception. Yeah. So be mindful, guys. And again, we'll have this full article link from the U.S. State Department. And it was recently updated. Well, recently. It was last updated August. I would say anything under a year is a pretty decent update. April 10th, 2023. Oh, no, it's the one I have is August. Um, oh, I'm looking at the travel advisory with the levels one, two, three, four, not your article. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that, that's a good map too. Um, that's a very helpful map because I'm, I'm big on visuals. That way you can have that in front of you and make it clear. We'll also post that in 
our social media along with our description and summary. So just wanted to, you know, point those things out. And I know recently Liz mentioned, because we got to talk about it. I know that a lot of people will be frequenting Cancun. Cancun is like the capital of spring break. <laughs> you can't say spring break and can't without Cancun, but yeah. be careful guys. I mean, seriously, um, you know, things are happening all the time, you know, and a lot of times when people go, they're consuming a lot of alcohol. They're making spur of the moment decisions, but are you making a life and death decision? You know, it's cool yeah. to party and hook up and meet people, but do these people have your best interest? I know for myself, what's kept me alive is not exercise. It's not trusting <laughs> people. <laughs> I have a real trust issue. You know who I least trust? Myself. Because I know that I want to party. I want to, you know, <laughs> so to keep myself safe, I stay away from everybody else. So it's not them. It's me. I'm the problem. So oh, you have to make sure to do what's best for yourself and have a, a travel partner, have numbers on hand, have points of contact. You know what I like to do when I get somewhere? I mean, I know it hasn't been a while. I haven't traveled anywhere since 21, but. I like to make local contacts immediately, right? Oh, yeah. I like, you know, make friends, over tip, be overly friendly, learn their real names. I mean, those things are important because when it goes down, even though you have a great relationship of friends, you know, overseas or abroad or wherever, they can't help you. I need friends that can help me today <laughs> where I'm at. So I'm real big on making friends. That's Probably my biggest, it's probably my superpower is uh, being able to make friends quickly. Keeping them, that's another story. But on to other stories. What else did you want to add about safety? We'll probably be getting ready to, um, I'm thinking we're going to go ahead and skip the travel QA for now because that's like a long and lengthy thing. And I don't want to cut you short because I really want you to dive deep in your cautionary tale of travel. And then also when I go into, um, customs and the possibility of bringing over a, a new best friend for my daughter. Thanks to my friend. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. She can't wait. I bet. Um, I guess for Mexico, what I would say is that you need to, I mean, like, like you were saying, make a local friend or whatever, but really um, I default to whoever my landlord is going to be. If I'm staying at a hotel or renting an apartment or whatever, ask that person. And then um, I, I'm sure I've brought it up before as well. Ask somebody at a corner store, right? Because okay. the people that you're staying with have probably been asked the same questions multiple times. You know, where's the closest whatever if I wanted to go to this kind of restaurant, what do you suggest? You know, they, they get asked those kinds of questions. And a lot of places now have binders waiting for you. Right. And they'll tell they'll even have like maps and local restaurants. And here's some menus and all of this. But, you know, so they'll give you whatever information. But then if you want to get some unfiltered information about where to go, what's happening in the city, what to stay away from, like all the stuff that doesn't have rose colored glasses with it. Just go into a corner store, anything, you know, some little convenience store, some little uh, T-shirt shop, whatever. Ask one of those people to say, I'm here for a couple days and I would really like to do X, Y, Z. Yes. You know? and, and I'm going to be walking there and yes. it's at night. Yes. You know, is the first of all, is this like a terrible idea? Like, don't do it. I'm going to get shanked. Yeah. Am I going to <laughs> or like, what's the, you know, have you been there before? What do you think? And they might tell you because like, I would frequently just for Mexico as the example, you know, today's thing um, is I would walk across the border into Tijuana regularly. And in Tijuana, man, there is like a predetermined area that you need to stay within. And I'm very bad about describing it because I just have this set route in my head that I always do, but it's like you cross the border and there's going to be, there's a large square area on a map 
Um, that's just like right when you walk in, you're in the middle of Tijuana, right? You like the, you get tossed right in. And as long as you stay within this like gridded area, which is very easy to tell, even if like none of this makes any sense and you just cross over and you're like, what the hell was she talking about? As soon as you walk across the border, you can see where all the restaurants and shops that are aimed towards tourists and like being built up more and being a little bit nicer and uh, and all of that, you can see where those streets are. They're very, very obvious. And then if you look down one street to the left, one street to the right, you're going to see that it looks like a bomb went off 10 years ago and nobody yeah. bought cleaning it up. No. Yeah. So as long as you stay in those areas, you'll be perfectly fine. But do the minute you notice that you took a right when you shouldn't have taken, you should have taken a left. You need to turn back and go like, you need to have a spot. That's your safety spot to identify and go back to same thing for Cancun. We were only there for the day because we came into port. Right. But we did wander off a little bit and it was the same thing. Like you wander until it doesn't look touristy anymore. The And it'll stop. It'll be the door on the right is full of color and new things. And it's obviously been painted recently and well taken care of. And there's like nice plants and all this stuff, right? Music going. And then the very next building next to it is going to look like it was abandoned for 25 years, falling apart, debris everywhere, all of this. When you get to that building, you turn around. You yeah, don't no. looking past it. That is your stop sign. Man, so that. yes. that's everywhere in Mexico. Absolutely. Hell, that's everywhere in the world, Liz. So that's a great point. It's something you said that's kind of turned into a dirty world word is people pride themselves on, oh, well, I want to go where the locals go. I don't want to be in the touristy spot. It makes you feel like too much of a tourist. You're a tourist. OK, so yeah, ops are is where I want to be. I don't care if people say, oh, he's clearly a tourist because I am. I want to be protected. I'm going places with my children, my legacy. So I don't have time to represent. I'm not concerned about throwing up my set. I don't care what people think. Okay. I haven't been cool in generations. Okay. So I want to be, it's cool to be safe. So being in a touristy area is not a crime. Now, if you want to go to a place where it's frequented by locals, like a restaurant or it's a, like a trendy bar, that's fine. We That's started, what you asked the person down at the corner store yeah, for. The barrio, uh, the, uh, barrio yeah. person, they can help you with that. The, That's a good example, too, because the landlord isn't going to tell you the hole in the wall bar either because they don't want to be responsible for you going into a place where you might have a bad experience. If people take advantage of the fact that you don't know the language fluently um, or you don't know the geography or, you know, like you're just not as familiar with the area. Um, you don't want somebody taking advantage of you in that. And then the landlord has to hear about it. Like, yeah, thanks for that recommendation. Like the food was awful. It was overpriced. Like, why would anybody go there? And it's like, well, they gave you the tourist menu or something, you know, you don't, they don't want to deal with that. But the corner store person is going to tell you like, dude, if you want to get some like the best street tacos, in a five mile radius, go to this place and they will tell you, they might even draw you a map. Absolutely. So your bodega Tio and bodega Tia are your friends. Yes. Mi amigas. Absolutely. Okay. So for sure. All right. So speaking of my Mia, Mi Amiga, I had an opportunity to one of our biggest supporters, even though we're not really sure if she's real or not. Sandra. We had an opportunity yesterday where I did a interview with her and practicing on a show that she's excited to do her own podcast and occasionally because Liz gave the blessing that, you know, occasionally she can do a segment in the future. But I wanted to share some snippets, a little <laughs> snippet sample of some of the responses she yes. had. Now, keep in mind that English is not her first language, but respectfully, most people that enjoy our show for whatever reason English is not their first language either. And I love that. Yeah. That's great. I think we, we want to share more with more people from around the world. Maybe you guys are laughing with us or at us. I don't know. But you guys are here and we love you for it. So I'm going to give you a little sample. And keep in mind, ask yourself as you're listening, is she real? This is the intro, guys. 
not bad for a make-believe show. I liked it. You liked it? Okay, cool. I do. It's very upbeat and it makes you think of, of a travel video, really. Oh, man. All right. So it does. I, that's great. So thumbs up on that. So let me go through yep. uh, some of her responses. The first thing was me asking Alejandra, what was her favorite city that she's visited so far in Europe? It's a difficult question. I, I was thinking about that a lot. And oh it's okay. The thing like every place have something different, you know, it's a, have something unique. Um, and I think it, the place that is like awesome, uh, amazing and great, Rome, Rome, I think. That's like my favorite city, the Europe. Uh, Rome is great, Venice. Like I told you, it's so difficult choice one, um, but I will see you for order, okay? Like Rome is my first one, it's like on Venice. All right, so there you go. Is Rome and then Venice two out of Italia, Italy? All right, so Thunder Buddy, aka Sister from Another Mister, aka Travel Guru, Liz. What's your thoughts on that? Is that surprising at all? No, I don't think so. Um, especially just given what I do know about her, that that seems like, I mean that. That's a very good answer when she's saying like, oh, there's so many different things and all this. But I, I'm not surprised at all. Were you? Yeah, because I'm simple. But, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I, for some reason, I thought she was going to say Paris, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, no, it's uh, Italy. In fact, I don't want to steal any thunder from the, the interview, the full interview. But she does mention that. Not just like it, but she could see herself living there for up to six months. So shout out to her. So a few more quick responses, and then we'll go ahead and close this bad boy out. So this one was her favorite place in Latin America. I think the favorite is the food in Peru is great. Machu Picchu is awesome too. The, the city where is Machu Picchu is like one dream. So that is my, my two places that I chose. <laughs> Yeah, she was laughing because I was giving her a hard time for not picking Colombia. But yeah, it's uh, Peru. now. Why would she pick Colombia? Why not? Colombia is amazing. But yeah, I mean, you know. But because even, she lives there. I know, I know. But <laughs> I'm a, again, I'm a simpleton. So here's the beauty of the, the response is, yeah, it's, it's very much an amazing, magical place. And Cusco was the city she's referring to in Peru, where Machu Picchu is, and yeah. I do want to go there. I am a little concerned about you know the elevation there, but I do love Peruvian cuisine. They have a lot of, surprisingly, they have a lot of um, Peruvian restaurants here, not too far from where I live, and yeah, they're they're amazing. They have great seafood, and it's the best. So I'm a big fan of Peru. So sorry, Guatemala. Maybe next time. Um. <laughs> all right. So let's get into uh, the the city, the place that was the most disappointing for her. Oh man! Oh lord! I want to hear this one. Zurich, maybe a little. I was I was in Switzerland. I was in Zurich for a little time. Maybe I don't know a lot things, you know. But okay, I am Colombian. And I like the folklore, I like the parties, I like the music, you know. And Zurich is one city that gives me peace, a lot of peace. All right, so when she's huh. saying peace, she means boring. Um, so she explained to me. Did she really? No, yeah, she said it's, it's boring. But she's saying that respectfully. Oh, no. I think saying that there's a lot of peace is probably better than saying it was boring. <laughs> yeah, well. It's just expanding. So that's why she was saying, like, she's used to it is quiet and tranquil. So, yeah, let me. Yeah, she's that. used to being more bustling. Yeah. So she's used to, like, you know, a lot of you know intensity as far as, like, you know, the vibrance of a city, people being very warm. So, yeah, that's why I paid. That's why I got to check out the full interview. She talks about, you know, she didn't feel very welcome there. So the people there weren't very 
engaging. Oh. Latin America where people are, you know, wanting to know how and who you are. One thing that she taught me, so shout out to her for educating me on the culture, is that people there, they love the chisma. All right. They love the gossip. <laughs> they love to know oh, who yeah. you are. So they love it. So like, you know, they in, in Colombia. So to go from that to where people are going to run into their house because they're cold was very jarring. <laughs> so she was really like, what the hell's going on? It wasn't really what she was feeling. But she said as far as like natural beauty, she really enjoyed it. And yeah, so it was it was very nice, very clean. Cause yeah, Switzerland is amazing. You know, I wish I had some money there. All right. So talking about travel, and we say finding ourselves, it's a spiritual journey, whether you're going with your family, loved ones, or by yourself. And she commented that she appreciates both. In my case, uh, I started travel alone because I um, I have the experience, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's important to have one company, for sure. But in my case, I don't have like the people that like, have the same passions with, with me, the travel. Uh, but I prefer, like for sure, travel with my family. So I feel company and I can teach the things I know. And I can share the good moments because that is a memory that uh, is forever in the mind. I love that. And, you know, that's um, a big part of who she is and what makes her such a great person that she's very family oriented. And I do think that's great to share and teach one, reach one, teach one. I know I joke with Liz about a lot, but you know, I do take a lot of things she say seriously in terms of, you know, traveling and making sure that I'm, you know, doing the right things for myself and where I, you know, plan on going. So I love her perspective and I love the things that Alejandra said right there in terms of, you know, making sure that she can enjoy going alone, which is great, but going to her family is also important too. Any comments on that, Liz? I think they just have their own time and place. I think there's different trips that need to be by yourself. Some that need to be with just a really good friend and go and just be able to go explore some with family um, especially like what you're doing with your kids, taking them to a place that has um, a link to their heritage, you know, stuff like that. Like my, with uh, my parents coming out here and we spent a lot of time in Portugal, a lot of time, we spent like a week um, in Portugal and stuff like that. You know, like there's certain things that tie into your family history or whatever, but there's also times where you want to have that romantic partner. And there's sometimes when you just want to, like go on a trip with people maybe that you don't even know, just join a tour group, you know, and that's different than traveling by yourself as well, because part of the experience is if you're going to be doing activities and going on certain tours where you're with the same people for one, for a whole day or for multiple days, you're most likely going to end up interacting with them and kind of meeting new people and uh, learning new things um, in a different kind of environment than if you were with your family or just by yourself. So I think it really has to do with each person's personality and like, what are some of the core goals of this trip? Oh man, well said. Hey man, it's like you're a podcast host. So yeah, I totally agree. You know, every situation is different and what are you trying to get out of it? And there's a time and place for everything. And also when it comes to me, can I afford it? So, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm poor. So, Going That's to, why you should travel alone, so you don't got to pay for nobody else. No, I, I, I am. You know, in a, most situations, I will be traveling alone. But I will say for honestly, I mean, I joke about traveling with a travel boo and you know, all that. But the thing that I'm most excited about because of what you just mentioned, traveling with my kids and going there on such a, a pilgrimage type adventure with them is, man, this is like the most excited I've ever been in my life. So, I mean, other than them being born, but, you know, uh. like that. <laughs> all right. So the last thing was because Alejandra is such a lover of travel, so passionate, and she's been to so many places, like even within the last two years, she jokingly told me once sometimes she feels like um, besides helping her family, like she works to travel and hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But I reminded her there is a possibility to get, you know, compensated and it can be lucrative in the right situation for those that 
really dive into their passions and use their travel as a way to create content. Why not become a content creator? This was her response to that. It may be one future, close future. I, I will try and make the blog because I have a lot um, stories, experience that I need to share with the people. It may be for, for motivate more people, you know? Uh, so I am happy for, for sharing this time and my travels and my stories with you because I know you feel the same passions, the same me, and oh my God, it's like, for me, it's so important. All right, that's great. What's your thoughts when you hear that, Liz? Anything that stands out? Yeah, her English is pretty good. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, she says that, you know, I over compliment her and I, maybe I don't know I, I do that's the dad in me but her English is amazing like she's only been two years and think I mean for two years and to be confident and comfortable enough to do an interview in another language that's yeah. a, so shout out to her man Alejandra so but aside from that anything else that stands out and appreciate those comments well, I just I I agree with the whole sharing stories thing because there's there's so much that you can't learn from a book and you can't learn from a TV. Um, the second best thing to experiencing it yourself, I think, is to listen to somebody's stories about where they went in. But that's assuming that the person was really into it. You know, you want the person to tell you about their trip to the Mayan ruins or to Stonehenge from the perspective of somebody who really was super into it. Um, and then whether or not their experience was positive or negative, that's just a part of the story. But you want the person who does the full experience of wherever they went. Did they learn the history? Did they take a tour? Either Did they create a tour for themselves out of research? Did they read up on this place? What, like, what did you do? You don't want the person who just says, well, yeah, I went to Stonehenge. I mean, it's like some cool rocks and everything. It's a big field. You know, you can walk around. There was like a hut on the other side or something, some cafe. They sell, they sell chocolate and whiskey at the gift store. That's not the person that's going to tell you the good story. You want the person who was immersed in the experience. And then you can learn so much more than a textbook or some movie on TV. No, I, I love that. And I totally agree. When you have that opportunity to take it, immerse yourself, and to find others that are in the area to learn them, to really know the the best way to fully immerse yourself in the, the culture and, and get the, the best peats that make this, you know, experience unique and special. And, uh, you know, a time that you always remember. One thing that wasn't shared in any of those clips that, you know, Alejandra said that I agree. And I believe you said something to that effect. And I, I know if not said it, that we probably firm believers that the best thing about travel is when you come home, obviously there's no place like home, but you take a piece of you um, from where you were and it makes you, you come back different, you know, yeah. you learn something new. You have a new perspective. You, um, you learned a new way of thinking, which is ultimately making you better. So, and that's the, the greatest feeling yeah. ever And a big part of why travel is, it's so special and special to us. So speaking of special, uh, you know, that was a, a good time. So be look out for that, that interview I'm working on, you know, cleaning up a few things. And once she gives me the green light, I'll be posting that for you guys to listen to the whole thing. But yeah, shout out to her again for taking the time and sharing her passions for travel. But we noticed she still didn't talk about Guatemala on there. Oh, man. No, she did not. <laughs> well, that's just a, another set of questions to ask her another yeah. time. Another time in the future. Uh, but, man, this has been, I want to say abbreviated, but really we just took a topic away, but we still managed to take. We still got time. to an hour with no problems. <laughs> it's a gift, guys. It's a gift. So, uh, but every gift and every great opportunity and every moment has its end and this one has come to an end as well we appreciate you guys being here with us and taking time out of your day spending time with liz talking travel talking about my good friend alejandra and shout out to her shout out to everyone listening 
Shout out to uh, a star. Can't wait to have her on soon and talk about her travels to Southeast Asia. Just been um, a great time. And hopefully we also get a chance to hear from you guys. So if you get a chance, um, you know, let us know what your thoughts are on the show. Anything you want to hear specifically, we'd be glad to share our thoughts and opinions and experience with you. That being said, Liz, you have the last word. No, <laughs> you got me. All right. I love it. So this time we're going to do it a little bit different in honor of Alejandra's future travel content coming out at some point when I have no idea, but you know, we're going to keep on pushing because we're the same way we're pushing you guys. We know you love travel, share your experiences with others, you know, finding yourself the best way to do it is finding yourself in a new place with new people having new experiences. So in honor of that, we're going to play Alejandra's, Intro music to our future show, and we're out. Mm-hmm.